Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello everybody, welcome to Homo Sapiens. Can you hear the sound of waves lapping? Tell you for why, because I'm by the seaside. Um, I'm in Cape Town. Because it's the kind of girl I am. I'm on my holidays. And quick bug update. I've seen a large lizard. I've seen a huntsman spider. Now the huntsman spider, non-venomous but big, looks like the sort of cartoon of a tarantula, but smaller. And we came face to face in the sitting room. And do you know what it's done, which is quite crazy, is it they, they hide in um, spaces. So like they hide, they can make themselves really long and thin and this one's hiding in a bit of crevice in the ceiling. Um, but I can see it because I am the sort of person who looks for these things. Um, how are you all? Uh, so a bit of a double whammy today. We've got incredible guests. We've got Andrew Scott and we've got Andrew Haig, two Andrews, both um, whom I adore. Now, Andrew Scott, you will all know him as Hot Priest from Fleabag, among his many other accomplishments. The man is a Swiss army knife of talent. And Andrew Scott is also very intriguingly in the new talent of Mr. Ripley that's coming up. Joining him is the director Andrew Haig. Andrew Haig directed the film Weekend, which is, in no sense of understatement, a pivotal moment in my life, and many of us queer folk. Beautiful story of two guys meeting and, well, I won't spoil it, but you've just got to watch it. Andrew has therefore um, obviously gone on since that movie to make many other movies, including 45 Years and uh, just endless brilliant things. He did Looking which um, I think that I'd, I'd have a shrine to it in my sitting room if I could. And he has teamed up with Andrew Scott and Paul Mescal. Don't know if anybody knows who he is, not really, no. Um, they have made this film, All of Us Strangers. And that is why they're here at Homo Sapiens Towers today. So they swung by for a chat to talk about the new film, Andrew and Andrew. Um, and it's a really lovely chat. I just 
really loved the pair of them. We, as soon as we sat down, we just felt like we were talking like old friends. So we talk all about kind of the themes in the film and what they kind of mean in their own personal lives. And the film is amazing. It broke me, as I tell them in the interview. And so you have to go and see it. The film has already sent the internet into a complete mad spin. I, I can't move on my Instagram for memes about it. And we talk about loneliness in the LGBT community. We talk about coming out to your parents and actually showing your parents the real side of you when you come out, not just a nice sanitized side, which some of us can often do. Um, so anyway, that's coming up in a minute. In the meantime, are you all caught up on our latest episodes? I ask you. Last week, we spoke about New Year's resolutions. We covered dry January and health and fitness and the specifics of that for LGBTQ plus people. Um, and if you fancy something different, just a really long talk about sex, really. Um, Cody Rigsby came on the show. I loved him. And he was helping us, us all with our agony uncles. So that was going on. Uh, that's still on the feed. And as a reminder that we are finally hosting a live show in London on the 29th of February. What are you doing? Because we want you to come along. Me, Tom R Allen and Susie Ruffle. We're doing a one-off night, big get-together, and many exciting things will happen. In the meantime, thank you for all your Christmas updates. I've been going through the old files, and we're asking about your firsts. And we had a really lovely note from voice note from David, who wrote in and told us about a really special first Christmas for him. So let's have a listen to that. Hey, Chris. Uh, you were asking about Christmas firsts. So... This is a pretty cool Christmas. Um, it's my first Christmas as a married gay man uh, with my husband, Lenny. It's also our first Christmas with our new grandson, Eden, who will be a whole one month old at Christmas. And that Christmas is made even more special by it being the first Christmas day that my husband and I spend with my daughter, our daughter, our grandson, Edan, and also my amazing ex-wife, best friend, business partner, Liz and her husband, Gavin. So yeah, we're a very modern LGBTQ plus ally friendly family. Oh, and I forgot to say, and then on the 27th, we are headed to China for two months to meet Minglin, Linny's family. Scary biscuits. But we're going to be celebrating two New Years, uh, Western New Year in Beijing, and uh, then uh, Chinese New Year in February, also in Beijing. David, that is pure joy to hear. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. 2024 is going to be a lovely year for you and your husband. Uh, right, let's go and have a chat with Andrew and Andrew. This is a really nice chat. Here we go. Hey, Chris. Hi. Hi, boys. How are Hi, Chris. You? How's it going? Good. We just want to make it clear this is not our house. It feels like we're in some sort of like Laura yeah, exactly. Ashley like really. wallpaper me and andrew have moved you, in together yeah we clashed over yourselves that all i'm gonna say is that i love what you've done with the place no you don't it's, it's beautiful <laughs> do you know what i just got a feature to... wall <laughs> <laughs> a feature wall with a perspex feature red leaf moment behind yes andrew yeah. as well Andrew's, um, that was my choice was, yeah was the butterfly moment i'm really okay. surprised yeah okay lovely
coming off a clean sweep at the Biffers, no? <laughs> it was pretty dirty, wasn't it? <laughs> a dirty, dirty sweep. sweep. A dirty, a dirty sweep gay sweep. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I like that. Dirty gay sweep. Dirty gay sweep. At 7016 Street, isn't that where you get one of those? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Thank you, NHS. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, congratulations. How does it feel? It's great. Like, it's amazing. Like, you just, it means that more people might hear about the film and see the film. And so, you know, obviously it's nice to win, like, personally. But at the same time, it's like, it is for the film and it's great. Had you won any of those before, I meant to ask you? No, I've never won a Biffa. I've been to the Biffas. Well, we won something for weekend, which was called Achievement in Production, which I don't know what the hell that is. But <laughs> you completed the course sheet. <laughs> yeah, but Tristan won that, the producer, not me. Right. So this is my first time. Oh, yeah. that's wonderful. After 13 years oh, of working in independent film. Yeah, that's great. But I always think, okay, so you won on in several categories. So, Andrew Haig, did you prepare multiple speeches or do you just kind of go, I'll do one and then I'll just riff the others? I would say I semi-thought of one speech <laughs> and then completely forgot what that speech was. It's really weird because like, you both want to win and yeah, you also is, don't want yeah, to win. Because then you're like, oh, oh my yeah. God, are you telling me I've got to stand up in front of however many hundred people yeah. and open my, my big Absolutely. mouth? And you're like, oh Christ. And it sounds disingenuous to say that, but you're so fearful in the room. You think, oh my God. This it's is horrendous. So, yeah. It's horrendous. And, and everyone's looking at you just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. or like angry. Yeah, yeah. And you sort of then have to like have words and say things. So yeah. I can't really remember what I... That's said. brilliant. You're supposed to say I was sounded great. <laughs> well, I know, but I can't. <laughs> no, he was wonderful. He was wonderful. He was terrific. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't commit to that. <laughs> no, he was terrific. <laughs> I need to think about it. Well, listen, it's, they're very well deserved because I watched the film and uh, to be honest, boys, it broke me. So a massive congratulations. Oh, I'm, thank you. I'm literally, I'm, so I'm filming in, Gold, in the Gold Coast in Australia at the moment and you can't really see, but... I'm sort of living in a very clean oh, tower yes. that is not yeah. unlike yeah. the tower in which <laughs> um, Adam lives in. So it definitely struck some chords. But, you know, what I loved about it is that it is really heightened. But with that heightened stuff, it's so hard to land the emotional, isn't it? And, and make it feel real and there isn't a second that you're not just launched into that incredible fantasy. And one of the things I loved in particular is the way that it was never glib with your parents, you know, like you were quite tough with them. Mm. And was that a choice to sort of deal with it like that? Yeah, well, we talked we talked about that so much. And I think that was down primarily to Andrew's screenplay. I think Andrew's real master at that, which is to be able to touch people without being sentimental in any way. And I really do think for an awful lot of queer families, it's something that I, I really have been saying a lot about this this film, because I think it's really true. I think for so many people, the queer coming out experience, so to speak, isn't necessarily as all embracing on one hand or as outright rejectionary. A word. As a word. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a word. But yeah. yeah. Right. We know what I'm saying. <laughs> we reject that rejectionary word. Um, uh, you know that it isn't. It isn't an all-out rejection, nor is it an all-embracing acceptance. Sometimes I think the, the the most common experience for queer people when they come out is that there's a sort of slightly brutal, rocky road, and there's certainly love within a family, and then it exists between those two extremes. You know, and I think the film is so tender and beautiful because of the brutality and the 
awkwardness of what they say and the sort of sudden accidental cruelty of the parents, but that there is a huge mm. amount of love there. I think that's an experience for so many yeah. queer people. And also that thing of like, you come out, right? So you say to your parents, this is who I am. We need to talk more in life about the fact that from that point forwards, you need to continue to include them in what that is. Mm. Listen, I was really lucky. My, my, my parents didn't care, but nor did they... Nor did they say to me, you know, it was the 90s, like, did they say to me, are you okay? Like, are mm. you suffering discrimination? They didn't have the words for that. And I don't yeah. blame them for that, really. And, <laughs> you know, you do diverge and they don't ask you where you're going at night, even though they know you're going into town. You know, like, it is different. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. I think you do drift unless you make a concerted effort. And I don't know if you two found that in your growing up. Yeah, look, I think... When you're terrified of coming out, which lots of us were, let's face it, like, you know, I came out in the 90s as well, absolutely terrified. But you are so scared that you just want them to be okay with it. Yeah. So you don't, mm. you sort of end up trying to, uh, to make them feel yeah, okay. You sort of babysit their you feelings. You babysit their yeah. feelings and yeah. be like, oh, it's okay, I'm fine, yeah. don't yeah. worry, I'm actually really happy, I'm yeah. this. And, oh, don't worry about all the things you used to say. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to ask me about how I felt. Yeah. And you do that a lot, you do that with friends, you do that with all kinds yeah. of people in your life. And I think we're not very honest, either with ourselves or with people that we care about. And you sort of want to say, actually, hold on, you really, I found this very difficult. Mm. I've been very upset for a very long time. And even to friends, when you come out to friends, when you're, young, you're like, oh yeah, you actually made it very difficult for me because of the things you used to say. We're so determined to mm. make them feel comfortable. Yeah. And I think we're sort of fooling ourselves and we're trying to say to ourselves, oh, we're fine, we're all great. Mm. But you know, the film is about anything. It's about like the pain of all that experience that stays with you and is there inside you at every stage along your life. Like I'm 50 and I'm pretty fucking out, but it doesn't take much, that's mm, what they talk yeah. about in the film, to suddenly feel intimidated again or nervous about saying that you're gay yeah. again. Yeah. You know, we all have to do it all the time. Chris, I'm sure it's the same for you. You're constantly having to come out to people yeah. and you're always second yeah. guessing. You're like, okay, is this, am I, am I going to get some kind of reaction that makes me feel awkward or makes me feel mm. not even a negative reaction, yeah. just an awkward reaction. Yeah. So it's just awkward because it's something I was thinking about yesterday. It's just, it's the assumption that everybody is straight. Yeah. That's what it is. Mm. Yeah. That's where, where it's, it's dealable with, but when you're, you know, uh, 15 and someone goes, oh, you got a girlfriend? And you, or a mm. taxi driver says, oh, you got blah, 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 blah. And it, it, that still happens. It's, it's funny, I remembered yesterday there was a game show or something like a Saturday night t television show. And there was this little camp boy who was doing something and he was really into Jerry Halliwell. And the TV presenter, and I the can't dream. quite remember who it was. And she, he came out and he met her and blah, blah, blah. And the TV presenter said to this little boy who was probably about six, um, so we've got a girlfriend, and I remember really clearly in the '90s Jerry Halliwell saying, "Or boyfriend," yeah. and it was such yeah, a it was that. such a wonderful yeah, yeah, thing yeah. because that's what it, it's not a big deal, but that's the thing. Once we remove the assumption that everybody, unless they speak about it, is straight, when, when that becomes an actual reality for people, mm. then I think the culture really shifts, and then we don't feel that. As you yeah, say, it's, it's just... not necessarily terror, yeah, but yeah. it's just an awkwardness that you think, well. You've got a wife and you yeah. think, uh... I think you're always just hyper aware. Yeah. It's almost like you can feel it. You're ready 
to sort of be scared about it or yeah. you're ready for something to go wrong, even though it doesn't go wrong, yeah. <laughs> you know, most of the time. It's usually yeah. absolutely completely yeah, fine. Exactly. But you're just ready for it to yes, go wrong right. or for something, someone to say something that makes you go like, oh, God, have I got to defend myself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like 50 years old, really? Yeah, I have to defend yeah. myself now? And sometimes it's irrational yeah. on our part. Totally. <laughs> you know, like... Well, I think that goes to what you said, actually, Chris. I feel like a lot of us move ourselves away from the center of the family and how he talks about it in the film almost on purpose because we're afraid mm. to have those difficult conversations mm. yeah, yeah. so we find that we drift away from the center of whatever it is or we find a different friendship group or we do whatever it might be and it's it's like on all of us to try and be like you know what let's just sit down and have a conversation about you made me feel this or I feel this or or talk to your parents openly mm. about what it means to be gay and those kind of things, but we're, we're still not very good at doing it. Yeah. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That bit of the film where it, it, it's Harry talks about isolation from his family, right? Like, that broke me. You know, it's one, one of the, the bits I loved because... I do think it was so nice to hear someone talk about that because yeah. you get to like 30 something, let's say, picking a number out of the air, it doesn't really matter. Your friends start having kids, they start moving out. But then also when you're like 40, for example, often like you you don't really feel at home in the clubs anymore e- either. And it, it can be really, really isolating that. And actually so many people who write into this podcast talk about lon- loneliness in different ways and isolation. And that's why we did this podcast to, to yeah, create really, a community. Yeah. But people don't have the words to articulate that. And I think it... Um, uh, it was really lovely to hear that. And I don't know if either of you have felt that oh, you've totally, experienced Yeah, that. totally. I, I mean, it's so sad to, to me. It's, so, it's like the tragedy is that so many queer people still feel mm. alone and we continually feel alone. And I think that's when you're other, let's say, it's inevitable that you often end up drifting to some kind of edge and feeling alone. And it is true, like when I started going out on the scene, let's say in the 90s, I suddenly felt less alone again to start mm. with but you can still feel very alone within the scene too yeah, yeah. it's not all embracing oh i think as we all as, as yeah. we all know yeah. it's not the necessarily the most community-minded of community sometimes it, it, it certainly there <laughs> yeah. there are times when it, yeah it, it 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 can feel i don't know where you feel very it's intimidating yeah but i have to say as much as i love my straight friends <laughs> <laughs> I, and I spent a huge amount of time sort of investing in those friendships, and I, of course, still do. Mm. But I, I have to say, 
in my 40s, actually, mm. I've actively sought out making a gay group of people. Me too. Mm. And it's it's really important to me. It's very Absolutely. important that com- that community being able to being able to talk and being able to just have a shared culture or mm. something about that I, that I felt I was so lacking in. And uh, it's not necessarily always about having a boyfriend or whatever, but about having a community of people that mm. that you have and adding to that and going to those things and really embracing that. And that's been one of the genuine joys Joy, of, I agree. Of, as, as I've got older and that sort of adolescence or that group mm. mentality that of course I had within my, mm. my straight friendship but I think what a lot of people do is that they sort of desexualize themselves a little bit in their teens mm. perhaps that's certainly my experience well yeah and, same yeah and, and and so you become the great friend and you're you're invested in everybody's um relationships and you sort of you the girls think, love you yeah yeah and that's a there's a real melancholy underneath that for a lot of a lot of people and i think to sort of bring that out and be you know have friendships and talk about sex and relationships at all ages of life that doesn't necessarily have to re- revolve around going to a nightclub although going to a nightclub is great too, there's yeah. something absolutely amazing about going to a nightclub when you're a little bit yeah. older and thinking i'm gonna go fucking home now. yeah yeah exactly you know I mean? i'm gonna go, go home at once you, want, you don't feel that peer pressure <laughs> yeah exactly i also always feel like it's like in your regular life when you're surrounded by the regular people in the world, you're sort of just holding your breath a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then when you're surrounded mm-hmm. by queer people, you just like, ah, <laughs> I can actually just yeah. like exhale a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And I don't have to worry about saying the things I want to say. Yeah. And you can, you just more yourself. Mm. And I think you automatically, and I do think it's probably very different for younger people. You know, like I do feel like, yeah. it's, thank God, it's so different for younger generations, I think. Yeah. Uh, Younger, younger people, but for me, I feel like oh, I, I can just breathe a little bit softer yeah. when I'm surrounded by people that are a little bit more like me. Yeah, well, the film made me really think of that as well because you know we're talking about conversations you could have had with your parents and stuff, and then you were able to have. But I also, as I get a little older, I feel nostalgic for a queer childhood I could have had because I look at fourteen-year-olds on TikTok watching Heartstopper just being yeah. and it's like wow I just sat in my room feeling scared yeah, you know? yeah. and so and true it's you feel nostalgic for that and I don't want to sound like I feel hard done by but I don't know if you guys relate no I think there's a I don't know if you, if you read the book by Walt Aldette's Psychology no. of Gay Men's Lives it's an American book um, writing it down right now it's really but he talks a <laughs> lot about it he talks a lot about that that a lot of for a lot of queer people we're nostalgic mm. for something that we never oh, actually had. Yeah. And it is like a grief and it's yeah. a loss. Yeah. And it's something we never got. And we sort of just wish so much that we could have had that childhood that wasn't drenched in fear. Mm. Like it's so hard mm. now, like we, we're all out and whatever, but remember what it felt like to be a teenager. Yeah. I mean, you are crying in your room every night. Yeah. You're absolutely mm. yeah. terrified. And yeah. you know, I, I, I'm sort of, I'm not angry that young people get to have a freer life, but I'm a little bit jealous. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit like, oh, okay. So I kind of, I'm so happy that things are different Mm. for that generation. I sometimes wish that they still need to remember that it maybe wasn't the same for us. Mm. Uh, And it's just like we need to remember that the generation above us was also different for them. Yeah. So Mm. it's important to remember the generation that came before. Well, that's why I think going out... And going to, there's nothing I like more than a sort of 
terrible gay bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Where it's all not all like, ages oh, of all people. All ages. Yes, you know, I remember so going good. to one in Palm Springs recently and it was absolutely, it was absolutely brilliant. And we yeah. got talking to this couple and they were probably in their 70s and retired. Yeah. And they were together about 40, 40 years. And they had, a champ, they had their champagne and they were watching these musicals on the, on the big screen in the bar. And then there were like lots of, you know, really hot young people and there were older people. And I just thought, this, this is, is joyful. This is it. And I love that idea of just, I think that's one of the things we're very lucky in the, as an actor or even just working in the film and TV and theatre industry is that if you are in a play or yeah. a film that's about, older people and younger people then that's who you hang out with there isn't yeah. a sort of socio-economic group and i think that always makes for more joy in a in a bar or on a film set yeah, where there's yeah, loads yeah. of different people yeah. you know that's what keeps us really connected. But i feel like when i was younger when i was in my let's say late 20s when i was out and about and doing things on the scene i sort of wanted to reject the generation above me right. and it's probably out of fear mm. i think in many ways i think for a certain totally. generation of like say as i say i'm, I'm 50 so i kind of grew up as AIDS was yeah. in full force yeah. as a crisis. And I almost wanted to reject the older generation who really had to experience the barrage and the horrendousness yeah. of AIDS. Yeah. And I sort of wanted to reject those older people out of fear, essentially, yeah. out of terror. Yeah. And then as I've got older, I'm like, oh God, how stupid of me yeah. is that? I missed out on so many conversations with people who are now in their 60s and 70s, yeah. who were out and about at that time as well. And I sort of rejected that, which is so yeah. sad, and I wish I hadn't. Well, it's probably a little bit of shame in some way. Oh, it's it's a it? huge amount of shame. Yeah. It's shame and fear. It's like, yeah. I don't want to look at that in the face because yeah. I'm terrified yeah. of that. Yeah. And so it's so important that different generations of queer people come together and talk about what they share as an experience and what was different as an experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's completely true and it is a shame. I, I remember sort of feeling like that older generation were too gay. To totally. Be, I'm being really honest. Yeah. Totally, know? absolutely. I, like, I couldn't understand why gay. they all like were obsessed by muscles and, and like, you know, like and just being like a certain type of person. And I was like, and felt too gay to me. And it's so, I mean, it's so full of shame in my own shame at the yeah. time. And it's like, I don't want to be like mm. that. I want to be like a scruffy gay indie kid in the corner of pop stars, do you know what I mean? That's what I wanted yeah. to be. Yeah, and, and and also because you get praised a lot for not seeming gay. I know. <laughs> you don't see. You don't yeah. seem you know, well done. Love, and you'd thank people yeah, you're like, thank for you saying to you like, "Oh, yeah, I never thought yeah. you were gay." And you're like, "Thank you." Yeah. I'm like, "What?" It was the I best said, "Thank you." Yeah, it's like, so, "What is that?" It's, it's really so gross yeah, in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. But you have to understand where yeah, that yeah. came from. Yeah. It came from yeah. like shame was put upon us yeah, yeah. and so we were trying to manage that and deal with that so it does I think make that's sense. so much of the kind of trauma that you because when people would say something like that you're like you know what you know Andrew you don't seem like you don't seem gay it's some sort of straight 19 year old says yeah. you're at some dreadful party yeah and you, you're going like yeah and you go oh what do I say thanks yeah and then that sort of seeps into you and then you move on. You never confront that on, no, at the moment. No, no, no. You sort of, because your your instinct in all these things, and I think that's why it works in the movie so well, is not to be confrontational the whole time. You're trying to, you're trying to connect with people yeah. and you don't connect with people by, you know. Shouting and screaming. Shouting and screaming and, and being defensive all the time because you've got so much on your plate already. Yeah. Um, Although yeah. now I do shout yeah. and scream a little bit more if someone yeah does yeah say well it's, it's a way of, like that. there's a way of authoritatively sort of yeah. saying what? what are you talking about yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. 
Um, boys, we've got to leave it there. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Really appreciate you both taking the time and congratulations. Thank you so much. Beautiful film. film. Thank you. And listen, I love what you've done with the house. Um, Thank you. It's nice. I can't wait to see. And I love your lovely apartment. It's a beautiful apartment. You must be so happy you've moved in there. It's really. We just thought white and then more white. Yeah, exactly. Keep it Uh, it neutral. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want anyone thinking you're gay. Okay, um, I love that chat with those two. They're absolute peaches, the pair of them. All of Us Strangers is out in the cinemas on the 26th of January. Grab your mother, grab your friends, take them down. Get in touch at Homo Sapiens on Instagram, at Homo Sapiens Podcast on Facebook. Email your comments, your questions and your ugly uncles to hello at homosapienspodcast.com. Next week, to celebrate the launch of season two of the hit queer sitcom Big Boys, we're doing a Big Boy special with writer and director Jack Rook. How exciting is that? Uh, So tune in. It's had five-star reviews everywhere. People are losing their minds. And of course, like Kate AD, we're first to the front line to talk to them all about it. So that's next week. Um, All right, everybody. Uh, Take care and lots of love. Bye. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Powered by Spirit Studios.